Welcome to Pullback. I'm Kyla, and I'm here with Kristen. Hello. Trying to be a good person can be overwhelming in our complex global marketplace. In this podcast, we try to make it a little easier by looking at the details behind consumer movements, product labels, and ethical lifestyles. Each episode, we challenge ourselves to try something new in ethical consumption. Then we tell you what we learned, fuck-ups and all. This episode, we're focusing on laundry. So how do you do your laundry? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, for the first time ever, actually, since moving out of my parents' house, have uh, ensuite laundry, which is very exciting. But you're moving soon, aren't you? Yes. Although I feel like, I feel like with laundry and a dishwasher, it's one of those things that like, once you have it, it's very hard to give up. So I'm hoping that the next place will have it, but... If I have to go back to the, like, scan card in the basement of an apartment building, I guess that's fine. <laughs> well, it's better than having to walk to a laundromat, which I have had to do as well. No, I mean, remember when we were living in Hub Mall and had to do that? And it was, <laughs> it was like, that, at that time, I was like, never again. Just never. <laughs> you know, I, this was a while ago, so I don't, my memories of that are a little bit fuzzy, but I think I always took my laundry to my boyfriend's <laughs> house. <laughs> well, I didn't have a car, so it was like... I just carried oh, yeah. it down because we were we oh, were yeah. in the sun. I wouldn't like, have then because I also didn't have a car. So what was I doing? I just not washing my clothes probably. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess we'll talk about later is actually more environmentally friendly. So anyway, uh, Kyla and I briefly lived in a university apartment uh, that was in like this weird food court slash hallway of the university. We lived above a Cookies by George. <laughs> the University of Alberta is basically like what you would imagine for like a mole person city. Like there's just <laughs> tunnels everywhere. <laughs> really try to minimize how much people go outside. And we lived in one of the main arteries of that. So there was a laundromat in the middle of the hallway. <laughs> the worst part about that for sure was that I would have to walk past the apartment to get to some of my classes. So it'd be like one class would be on one side of the hallway and then I'd have to cross across <laughs> to get to the other one. So instead of going to class frequently, I would just walk upstairs and have a nap because it's like on the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really not a great setup for an undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your themes that you've prepared then. Most of my research for this week focused on the environment. Uh, it just seems like where most of the concerns are about laundry. So I had three different sort of elements of the three third sort of things that you would consider when you're dealing with the environmental impacts of laundry. Um, So the first one was uh, water and energy use. Uh, The second is plastics and microfibers. And then the third one is uh, waste-free detergents and softeners. Cool. That's basically what I looked at too. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, And then we can can maybe do like a 20 second plug for cruelty free because that was the only other value that I really looked at. But um, okay, so do you want to start with water and energy use? Yeah, let's. Great. Uh, so I didn't uh, look too much into sort of what washing machines or uh, dryers are more efficient or less efficient, just because for me, I'm a renter, so I don't have a choice anyway. You know, same Yeah. So you can buy more or less efficient washers and dryers. Um, usually there's like the energy saver label is a good way to, to look into that sort of a good signal that the washing machine or dryer that you're buying is fairly energy efficient. 
Um, but just uh, to make a quick note, whenever you're thinking about replacing something to make it more energy efficient, sometimes the energy produced to get something the energy new. used to produce to, yeah to get something new, it ends up really covering off uh, what you would have gained in energy efficiency. So sometimes it can actually be better to just stick with some- something slightly more inefficient for a little longer. So all you homeowners out there, uh, you just got to look into that yourself. <laughs> also, who are you? Tell us your secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I found a couple of things uh, for water and energy use. Uh, one is that switching to a warm or cold water setting is a great way to save energy. It's something that I've been doing for ages. I've just been using the like, um, we have a tap cold water setting on our washing machine, and I always use that. Um, and if you're even just switching from hot to warm, you can cut a load's energy use in half. So, when it comes to cold versus hot wash, I, I did a bunch of research on this because I was wondering. Like, I always wash my clothes in cold, and it, for my challenge, I had to consider washing in warm or hot, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I always wash in cold, and I was like, "Oh, is it better for my clothes to wash in hot or warm?" And the answer is. Uh, no, actually, it's so much better to just be washing in cold. I found, um, it was like the New York Times found a study that published that basically 75% of gas emissions from doing laundry come from heating the water, obviously. Uh, also, it's cheaper. So if you are paying for your water and heat bill, um, it's cheaper to not be heating it. Also, it causes less running colors, uh, less shrinkage, and it's safer for delicate material. Also, it's better for some stains like blood uh, come out much better in cold water. Hot water just set them in. I didn't know that. I love that. that the stain you look for just right away is like blood. <laughs> what gets out blood? <laughs> Listen, Kristen. <laughs> what I do what in my spare time. <laughs> it's... Yeah. So blood comes out in cold water. Uh, I actually used, I used to wash my stains in warmer hot water because I thought that that made them come out better. But I just found out doing this research that cold water is better because hot water sets the stain in, um, for a lot of stains, different stains, blood specifically, as we now know. <laughs> yeah. From what I've heard, it's basically only if you have like oily stains, is it worth it to, yeah. yeah. So otherwise cold water. Yeah, so like my solution, my resolution here basically was that like, unless you're washing super stinky clothes or cloth diapers, or someone in the family is sick with something like contagious, and you've got to murder germs, or for (laughs) some reason, you have to do all your laundry by hand, I think most people can get away with cold wash now, which is something that I didn't really know. Um, and it's, it's like common knowledge, you wash in warm or hot, but that's like for old timey days when we were washing with like poor detergents or by hand. And nowadays detergents can wash in most, uh, temperatures. It usually says on the bottle as well, like good in all temperatures. So, um, if you're using a powder, it needs the warmth to dissolve. But if you're using a liquid detergent, then you're fine, basically. And from what I was able to find, on the other stuff too, it really seems like liquid detergents are better than powder detergents anyway. So once you've used up your powder detergent, just like ditch it and get a liquid one. Oh, sweet. I didn't find yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So that's what I had for energy consumption, cold versus hot. I don't know if you had anything more to say. No, I mean, uh, just one more thing that for water use, it's better to use full loads of laundry, um, which is pretty obvious, but... 
if you're washing sort of small loads of laundry, you're you're wasting. I mean, it's not you're not using any less water in a load of wash, right? So just logically, you should fill it. What about sometimes sometimes uh, laundry machines have like a small load option, which I always assumed used less water. But yeah, honestly, you could probably do a medium sized load and select the small load option and use less water that way too, and just wash more stuff. Yeah, And I'm also not sure if it does use less water. It may be that it's just like, that's how it's setting the like tumbler or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, We'd have to look into that. But what from what I was reading, there's like, just a general tip, like use fuller loads, it's better for the environment. Okay, yeah. So that's all I had for water and energy use. Uh, <laughs> uh, plastic and microfibers. Oh, okay. Before we move on to that then, <laughs> because I feel like that's going to be something we talk about a little bit. Um, I just wanted to add when it comes to energy use, uh, I found in my research that I was not washing my clothes enough compared to like everyone else in the world. Really? I was like... Yeah, well, because so I looked up, okay, frequency, if you should be doing full loads, right? How often should you be washing stuff? Because uh, full disclosure, I never wash my clothes. I'm super gross. But I also live in a really cold environment where I'm not sweating very often, right? So like, I wash my underwear, obviously, like I'll put it um, in the uh, laundry basket after every use. But for stuff like, I don't know, jeans, pajamas, sheets, (laughs) sheets, <laughs> which, okay, it turns out you should be washing sheets like once a week. And uh, I have, I definitely do not. I don't know about that. I wash my sheets every two, two weeks. I feel like there's a lot of debate that goes around on this. There are people that just feel like they need to wash it every week. Um, I do also know people who wash it like every six months, which for me is not often enough. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say I'm probably a monthly, monthly, just a little over a month. I mean, unless I'm, I'm single right now, so my <laughs> sheets aren't getting a lot of use. It's basically just me sleeping in them. Just, but if just I just dead were to skin have, and sweat, <laughs> yeah. If I but if I were to have gentleman collars, you know that I'm washing them a little bit more often. <laughs> sure, yeah. And like I think I think people have like slightly different standards, but I feel like anywhere between a week and a month seems to me like the hygienic reasonable. You know. Yeah, but um. Basically, yeah, the information I found was like, wash your sheets every week. And I'm like, maybe if you have two people sharing a bed, but just me, no, it's fine. Uh, But I also saw that um, people a lot of times will wash their jeans. So it's, again, the same as the sheets. Like, people say different things. Uh, I The websites that I were looking at was like lifehack.org and GQ, and I'll share those. But they, one of them was like, wash your jeans every season, which is like three months. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I guess it depends on how often you wear them. But Yeah, I don't own very many clothes, so maybe that's what it is for those. But uh, three months. I mean, I guess, yeah, if, if you're like me and you only own like two pairs of jeans, then they just become really disfigured and you have to, I have to tighten them up, you know? Um, but mostly I wash my clothes when they start to stink. That's like, I'm like, can I smell... Uh, B.O., no, then it's probably clean, which is, I've found out super gross. And uh, y'all can at me if you want to talk about how disgusting I am. <laughs> well, no, I think I think actually, in general, people are washing their clothes too much. Like, um, there, I found this really helpful article. Um, I can't, I can't find what the website was on here. But it's an article by someone named Katie Holdeffer, I think I think that's how you say her last we'll name. We'll share it. So um, and she put together 
Yeah, I'll, I'll share it. Uh, I'll I'll find it online again because I I basically like printed screen, which is proof of how old I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> she has this really helpful infographic, and it it basically goes through like the different clothing that people commonly wear and how often you need to wear each one. And the basic takeaway I have is like shirts and underwear, not bras, just underwear. Um, you have to wash like every time, which to me makes sense, and that's what I've been doing. Um, but like pretty much everything else, you can go somewhere between like three and seven wash uh, wears before you wash it, and that's sort of like jeans, skirts, sweaters, blazers, yeah, things that like do directly contact your skin, but maybe like not in places where um, you know you, you sweat more. And then outerwear, you really only need to wash once a season. Yeah, which that one makes sense to me. So I, I do think people wash their clothes a little too often. And I've been trying, um, especially since I've started trying to buy real jeans again instead of jaggings. Uh, <laughs> and I've been trying to go sort of five or six times wearing them without without washing them, which is not something that I had done in the past, but is apparently totally fine and actually makes the jeans fit better. And uh, I haven't noticed any problems, so. Basically, when I run out of underwear, that's when I will throw everything in the laundry machine together. I'm like, oh, I've worn this sweater a few times. Maybe You don't separate your lights and your darks? No. (laughs) Are all your shirts pink now? (laughs) No, I don't. Well, I don't have anything that runs. And also, I wash in cold water, so it's not really an issue. Yeah, I was, I guess, I suppose not, yeah. I still don't risk it, but... <laughs> I mean, if I have something brand new that I'm like, ooh, this might run, then I'll I'll wash it separately. Uh, or with like colors, I'll do like one load. And then if I can see that it didn't run, then I'm like, boop, it's safe. I'll throw it in with the regular laundry next time. Yeah. My thing is like um, workout gear, you know? I don't know. I've been trying to wear each workout item twice before I wash it. But even then sometimes, like if you go for like a particularly sweaty run... I don't want to be back in those same clothes. Um, so it really increases okay, laundry. That's, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that's why you're doing more laundry than me. You're fitter than I am. <laughs> that's certainly not true. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no, that makes sense. Yes. If I was working out more, I would be doing more laundry. Okay, cool. So now we can talk about microplastics, which I think you've done a lot of research on. I feel like maybe it has something to do with your challenge even. Maybe we should bring those up or do you want to wait till the end? Yeah, was your challenge in the first theme or my challenge was definitely in the microfibers theme? My challenge was probably in the first theme. So actually, why don't I talk about it now too? Sure, yeah. (laughs) We keep teasing microplastics. We're never going to get there. It'll be like Matt Damon on uh, Jimmy Kimmel shows. (laughs) 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 He gets bumped. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, so I was in the process of moving while we were researching for this episode, as you know. So I didn't get a chance to do, I did even less laundry than normal because the Airbnb I was staying at was like, 7pm is too late to do your laundry. And I was like, that's the only time I can do it. (laughs) Yeah, that was really upsetting. So I went like almost a month without doing any laundry. And I was like, oh, no, our next episode is on laundry. And I really need to do some in order to (laughs) do a challenge. But then I remembered that uh, last year when I was doing my plastic-free July, I needed to buy some waste-free laundry detergent. Oh, waste-free. This is the third theme, Kyla. No. Oh, whoopsie. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, then we can save it. Can we cut this bit and then add add this your challenge? No. No cutting. I don't want to edit anymore. This stays in. (laughs) 
Okay, let's go. To, let's go straight to microplastics. Well, let's then. just no. Let's let's uh, let's talk about your challenge, and then we'll talk about waste free, and we'll go back to microplastics. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> okay, so basically, <laughs> when it comes, yeah, okay, so when it comes to waste free, there wasn't a lot of options that I could find. Uh, especially back then. I mean, uh, back then, it was a year ago, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, so what I ended up doing was I went on Amazon, which is problematic on its own, but I was looking for waste-free, not, you know, not evil. So I bought some soap nuts. I don't know if you know about soap nuts or if you came across them in your research. A little bit, but I also knew that you were going to do it for your challenge, so I didn't look into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so soap nuts are these shells uh, that contain a, pro- a, com- a compound called saponin, which when combined with water releases mild suds that can be used as basically a sustainable alternative to detergent in washing machines. Uh, they were originally used as a detergent in India and Nepal, which is where the trees grow more or less. And um, they've become more popular recently since they're good for your skin and more environmentally friendly, obviously, because they're just like a tree compound. So I bought this one kilogram bag of soap nuts, <laughs> which is good for like between one and 200 loads of laundry, depending on like how you use them. And my experience with them last year was that I couldn't tell if they were working or not, because I'm like a light laundry user anyway. I was like, okay, my underwear looks clean, so I guess it's probably clean. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they don't have like an odor to them, really. So it's it's not like you get that fresh smelling, like clean laundry, you know, mental parachute of like, oh, this is definitely clean. So I wasn't sure how I felt about them. And then I did some reading literally for this episode. And I realized that <laughs> they they only work in hot water. I saw someone online made like a liquid detergent with them and she just stuck it in the fridge afterwards. Oh, cool. Okay. So I'm going to yeah. probably try that because I have like a huge bag of these things. Also, when I remember being annoyed when they came in the mail last year because I was trying to go plastic free and they came in a cloth bag, but inside the cloth bag they're in a plastic bag. So I was like, "Oh no." But I mean, still, I have them, so I'm going to I'm going to use them. I forgot I had them, frankly, until we were doing this episode. So I actually bought another detergent like 2 weeks ago um cuz I forgot about my soap nuts and I was like, "Oh, I need laundry <laughs> detergent." So I'll talk about that too, but we'll we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, basically when it comes to the soap nuts, uh, what I did for my most recent wash is I boiled like a cup of water and I poured the cup of water in with my soap nuts and I like stirred it around with a spoon to make them sud a bit. I still didn't see very much sudding. So I don't know, like, I don't, I think I'm using them right. I poured them into the laundry, uh, with my cold wash as normal. Cause I was like, oh, if I switch to like doing warm and hot washes after doing cold this whole time, it kind of like negates the environmental benefit of like buying soap nuts in the first place. So I mix them in with my regular cold wash. And I don't know, I've just kind of pulled my clothes out now and they look clean. They smell fine. I'm happy with it. I don't know <laughs> how I feel about it in the long run. But if you can use it for making like a detergent, that seems like a really good idea. So like you just pour yeah. it, you probably just put like, 
10 half shells into a liter of boiling water, simmer for 10 minutes, and then like fill it into bottles. I would imagine that's basically what she did. Yeah, I can uh, actually, I'll, I just pulled up the recipe that I found because I figured we oh, might want to link to it anyway. Yeah, perfect. But it's this blogger called By Plastic Free Life. Um, and she basically said she makes this detergent, but um, because soap nuts spoil, you have to keep it in the fridge. So she basically makes this about once a month. Um, although I think she was speaking for a, a full family, so you might want to have the recipe or something. Well, if my soap nuts are spoiled, then I mean, shoot, that explains part of my problem. I mean, <laughs> I've had them for well, a year. I don't year, know if they so. spoil when they're dry so fast, but when they're in the liquid form. Oh, okay. Anyway, look into that. But I see. Well, that's uh, what I wasn't sure. I'm like, can they go bad? Because they're literally just shells. So I don't know. I just used them for the first time in a year and they seemed the same. So I would say yeah. that's fine. I think if you make the liquid detergent, though, refrigerate it so we don't get a repeat <laughs> of the toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I actually, just to, like, before you get too far away from the toothpaste, I was looking at doing a challenge where I made my own laundry detergent. And when I looked into it, I basically found that um, just like with my toothpaste, I'm going to go ahead and leave this one to the chemists because yeah. <laughs> it didn't, like a lot of people who do their own homemade detergents have like residue left in their clothes and it's just like not getting your stuff clean. So I don't know. I'm still using Tide. So full disclosure, I am evil for a number of reasons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll talk about detergents at yeah. the end because I do have one that I am excited to talk about. Before we move on, though, I found a really cool, uh, it's an Edmonton-based website. So Hala to Edmonton, where we both uh, met. But it's really cool. I, I found it when I was looking up, um, I think, basically hot versus cold laundry. And it's called changeforclimate.ca. And it has like all of these actions that you can take, like small actions in your daily life uh, that will basically improve your climate footprint. Um, and it's something that you can do yourself because a lot of people care about the environment and they're like, well, what can I do? Um, and this, oh, this website- is the city of Edmonton. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. It's really cool. Yeah. Like I, I found it and I was like, wow, good for you, Edmonton. Like everybody should have this. And it's really well laid out. Like whoever designed this website did a bang up job. So we'll link to that for sure. Um, I, I just wanted to give that a shout out because I thought it was fantastic. Is it microplastics time? <laughs> We've really been teasing the microfibers thing, but we could really quickly just cover off cruelty-free, which is the only other thing that we really talked about. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Just tell everybody that um, I have not switched my detergent. I did a different challenge this time because um, my detergent bottle is like basically full. So next time I have to get something, I will not just be lazy and get tied. But in addition to detergent, it being detergent that's in a plastic container, it is not cruelty-free, which means that they test on animals. So just bad, bad Kristen. <laughs> I know I'm wrong. What did you buy? <laughs> well, if you decide that you want to get a new detergent, I picked up a detergent called uh, Nature Clean. Which I, it's, first of all, it smells great, which is like the first thing I look for, obviously, soap nuts notwithstanding. But basically on the back, it's like got the, it's got the PETA cruelty free and vegan logo. It's so it, it hasn't been tested on animals. It's safe for kids. It's 
like USDA certified bio-based product. So it's like all natural sort of stuff. Not that I, I don't really care. I, my chemicals are fine as long as the off, like it's, it's the emissions of making the chemicals that really are problematic, but I'm sure this has emissions too. Um, and then also uh, it was made in Canada. So like, I think that's really cool. Uh, I, I feel like really good about this laundry detergent that I bought. And then I felt immediately <laughs> bad about it because I have so for, um, <laughs> for listeners at home, Kyla is sort of holding up the bottle <laughs> as though she's in a commercial. Yeah. Uh, it's very yeah. nice. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll link to their like website or something if anybody else wants to, to see it. But I've done a load or two of laundry with this and I've been really happy with it. So, and then I remembered my soap nuts and I was like, oh yeah, I should probably use those too. Cause this is definitely not waste free. It comes in a plastic bottle, sadly. Yeah. Actually that, um, that detergent was when we did our cruelty free episode, that was one of the ones that I scanned in the cruelty cutter app and it does. Pop yes. Uh. Yes. I forgot to download that app and I was going to ask you to tell me what it was so I could double check it. And I forgot until this moment. So thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Cruelty cutter. Um, but the only, uh, yeah, the only downside is it's not waste-free. But, I mean, I think it's going to be the case with so many of these episodes that you just can't balance all of the different values unless you're you're really willing to inconvenience yourself. So, like, yeah, you could make your own soap nut detergent every month um, and throw in vinegar during the rinse cycle. It's so much trouble. That does seem like, yeah, but it, it does seem inconvenient. And uh, I think it's okay that, like... You're, not everybody has to be on board for the really sort of radical extremes all the time, you know? Well, um, and I think it's, it, the more we shop for this sort of stuff, the more will become available. So, like, if we're asking for waste-free laundry detergent or we're buying it when we can find it, then, you know, people will make it because there's money there. So, we'll see what we can do, I guess. Yeah. But let's talk about microplastics. Um, oh, wait. Let's – no, I'm just kidding. Yes, let's talk about <laughs> Sure. Um, so the clothing industry produces more than 42 million tons of synthetic fibers every year, which is a lot of synthetic fibers. Um, and that equates to about 80% um, polyester. So like, of the synthetics, polyester is by far the most common. So approximately two thirds of all textiles are now synthetic. Um, and that mainly means that it comes from petroleum based organic polymers like polyester. So mostly when you're buying clothing, it is going to be from synthetic fibers. That is a problem because um, these fabrics, like all other fabrics, leach into the water supply. But unlike organic fibers like cotton and wool, the synthetic fibers cause um, a lot of trouble to the environment. So when these small fibers come off of clothing in the wash because they're too small to be captured by a washing machine um, filters, at least most, there are a few that are good for this now, um, they make their way into sewage treatment plants and sewage treatment plants generally can't filter them either. Um, so then the treated wastewater is then dumped into rivers and oceans, which means that plastics, uh, microplastics end up in our water supplies Synthetic clothing releases somewhere between 500,000 and 6 million microfibers per wash, and that is bad because it really sort of fucks up the oceans and the rivers. Um, so plastic microfibers have been found everywhere from the sort of Arctic sea ice to the bottom of the ocean, and animals ingest them, humans are ingesting them constantly, and it is not good for any of us. It's really bad. One of the things that I did for my challenge... Um, 
there's sort of two components to my challenge. The first one is I actually went through my wardrobe and I just tallied like how many synthetic fiber versus blend versus organic fibers do I have? Oh, yikes. I bet that was depressing. Well, it was depressing first because I realized I have more than 50 items of clothing because I was just looking at clean clothes <laughs> and I got to 56 <laughs> and I wasn't even counting socks or underwear. So like, need to marry condo that shit. <laughs> to like a thrift store i don't know i always i always feel bad about throwing stuff away if i'm gonna potentially use it so um but anyway of those 56 um i had more than half like the vast majority were either synthetic or blended so i had 22 synthetic um 21 that were blends and only uh 12 that were organic so um it was mostly cotton but i had one thing that was wool and then there was one that I didn't quite know how to classify because it's something called viscose that seems to be like, <laughs> like it's made from organic materials rather than from like petroleum based stuff. So it's like not, it's not like a natural fabric, but it also doesn't have the same, from what I'm understanding, like harmful properties for the environment if it leaches so i wasn't really sure where to classify that but i only had one thing that was just that everything else was like a blend with like polyester or nylon or something so yeah uh at the end of the day i found that like not a lot of my stuff was fully cotton um a lot of it was either blended or totally synthetic um and it was interesting because i kind of expected the higher quality clothes to be more um, more often, like fully cotton or wool, but they're not, and it's like, they're what am totally I paying not. for? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you're paying probably for human rights. Oh, not always um, though. Quality, and a lot of it's yeah, just depends, the brand name. Depends for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do clothing. Um, but like my definitely sweatshop Gap plaid thing I'm wearing right now is 100 percent cotton, so scores badly on a lot of ethical things but at least with microfibers that's not going to be a problem that's the thing about like the microplastics thing that i was looking into it's really hard not to fall down a fast fashion sinkhole and we're going to do an episode on fast fashion so there's a lot of the issues there that we will get back to but just the microplastics alone is just it's awful yeah with microplastics uh basically anytime you have synthetic um clothing it's going to be something that you want to look at there are some things that you can do just by having, like, if you're not using heavy or delicate wash cycles, you can reduce the fibers that leach somewhat. So just by changing to, like, the regular cycle, um, you can somewhat reduce the amount of fabrics that are leached, but or um, fibers that are leached. But for the most part, what you're going to want to do is, first of all, you could just wash your clothing less. Um that will reduce the extent to which the fibers are leaching. So Kyla's crushing it uh, <laughs> with her one load of laundry a week. Um, <laughs> or a month if my Airbnb <laughs> is stopping me. <laughs> but uh, there are th at least three fiber collecting devices that you can get. The first one is something called Lint Lover. It seems to be very effective. Basically, it's like an apparatus that you install outside um, of your laundry machine, um, and it filters the water once it leaves the, wa the washing machine. So if you own your own washing machine, the lint lover is probably a really good idea because um, there was a study that uh, some University of Toronto researchers did that found 
Basically, it captures about 87% of microfibers, which is obviously not perfect, but it's a lot better than nothing. And uh, it's very that's pretty effective, and it's not going to impact the quality of your wash or anything like that. Uh, you really don't have to think about it except to sort of clean it occasionally, you know. Um, so that's one option, and it's a pretty good option if you can do it. Another option is something called the Cora Ball, which is uh, part of what I did for the challenge. Um, and it's basically like... It's this ball that looks a little bit like a round blue pine cone. Uh, it's uh, basically made from recycled plastic. It's also recyclable, although you can't just put it in your municipal recycling thing. You have to follow the instructions from the producer. Um, but you basically just throw the Cora ball in with your load of laundry, and then you take it out after the wash cycle's done. And over time, the microfibers build up on the ball. And so just like a hairbrush, you'd like occasionally take it out. But honestly, I've been using it for a month now and I have not had to clean it yet. I see very few fibers built up on there. Where did you get that? Um, I bought it at VegFest Toronto, um, but you can buy it online too. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, if you go anywhere that like virtue signals, um, like a waste-free shop or anything like that, usually the Cora Ball is sold there. Um, But yeah, you can also buy it online. Um, And it's cool. It's supposed to last for many years, so you don't really have to think about it as a disposable product. Um, And then eventually when you do want to get rid of it, if you do, um, then you can actually recycle it. So that's great. The downside with a Cora Ball um, is that it's less effective at capturing microfibers. So it only gets about 26% of the fibers. So Oh, so you got to use them both together, really? Yeah. I mean, even if you use them both in combination, the core balls, I mean, it's it's making a difference, but it's not making a huge difference, honestly. Um, having said that, it affects the wash in no way, so I throw it in every time. Um, so that's great. I bet it helps with, like, lint and stuff, too. Oh, actually, no, because it's that's in the dryer cycle. Do you? Oh, so I'm picturing a dryer ball, but you, you're putting it in with the wash. Yeah, yeah, I put it in with the wash so it doesn't get in the water supply, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's... I have not noticed it in any way on my clothing, uh, so it doesn't really change anything except that it captures some microfibers. But again, it's not capturing, it's capturing about a quarter of the microfibers, so you've still got another 75% to go. The, uh, oh, the other thing to note about the Cora Ball is that it's about $50, so it's not a cheap item. Having said that, you're supposed to be able to use it for many years, so if you think of it as like a one-time investment, that's actually pretty cheap. But yeah, it, it's a bit of an upfront cost, as I think is the case with a lot of um, a lot of environmental goods. You've got to put in the upfront cost, even though over time it may not be um, more expensive. Or the government could subsidize this stuff and <laughs> give it away. Like I remember in Edmonton when they gave everybody like recycling bins, and everyone's like, "But we don't want to recycle." Mm-hmm. But then the government just like provides the bins, and then you just do it. It's yes. fine. The problem is now people throw garbage in the recycling bins, and so we're all ruining things. But We'll do an episode on all the time. Uh, Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things like a green planet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the third uh, capture device, which is something I stopped using because I found that it was not super convenient, but I'm going to start using again after researching for this episode. It's called the guppy bag. Um, It's essentially a bag made out of something that is called polyamide 6.6. I don't know what that is, but basically you fill the clothing bag no more than half full with clothing, and then you put it in the washing machine, and the clothing, first of all, 
Um, it's designed so that there's less uh, friction. So the clothing, like it wears less in general. So it's supposed to be better for the fabric over the long term. Um, and secondly, um, it then is very effective at capturing microfibers. Now, the guppy bag was not included in the study that I mentioned before, where I give you the figures for the Coraball and Lint Lover. So I don't know exactly how effective it is, but the organization that makes it seems to be fairly serious about their um, their purpose. Like they, they're a mission based group um, out of Germany, I believe, and uh, they claim that it's almost a hundred percent effective at capturing at capturing microfibers, which kind of makes sense because like you're washing it in this enclosed bag, and the only possible way it can seep out is through like the zipper portion. So probably is pretty effective, I would guess. The guppy bag is really good for capturing fibers, um, but it does limit the amount of laundry you can put into a load. So I had stopped using it for that reason. So I was like, my laundry loads are so, so small that I have to use basically twice as many loads. And I was just worried about how much water I was using. And it was inconvenient. But now that I've looked into it a little more, um, it seems like a good option is to you add non-synthetic clothing outside of the guppy bag so that... Um, Oh, so if you if you okay, put like that's cottons clever. or whatever, then you can actually do a full load of laundry and you don't have to worry so much because it doesn't really matter if cotton leaches into the water supply. It's not going to hurt fish or anything like that. OK, cool. So that was the, the challenge that I did, basically, um, beyond getting like either not washing your clothing enough um, or getting a capture device. The other solution is to just buy exclusively from natural fibers. But that's pretty difficult not feasible for everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah it's difficult to do um for me anyway i found it would require replacing a lot of my wardrobe the other thing is um there is some evidence that certain synthetics are better than others but there's not really enough research on it yet one study found that polyester cotton blends release less um microfibers per wash um so Maybe getting an organic synthetic blend might be better, but we've still got to wait on more science for that. Well, and the the downside to this too is that if you're buying clothes that are made from like recycled material, then they're even more likely to leach mm -hmm. into the water. So it's like you're trying you're trying to do a good thing on the one hand, and then with the other hand, you're doing a bad thing. So it's like, oh no, yeah. What are what are the solutions? <laughs> yeah, like uh, that was a debate that I had with myself while I was counting. Um, my clothes and realized that my like girlfriend collective uh, leggings, which are made from like recycled synthetic fibers, like they're, <laughs> they're definitely leaching into the environment. And I didn't think about that when I purchased them. No, it's like, uh, this podcast is fun, but it's making me realize like exactly how evil I am <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Well, and like some, when it comes to like this microplastic stuff, like, I saw a statistic that basically the International Union for Conservation of Nature calculates that like 35% of the microplastic pollution in the water comes from the washing synthetic of like synthetic textiles. So Europe and Central Asia alone dump the equivalent of 54 plastic bags worth of microplastics per person per week into the oceans. Yeah, it's it's really really bad. <laughs> There's so much plastic everywhere. 
Oh my god. And I was like on Greenpeace I was on Greenpeace's website, greenpeace.org, and they say that one piece of clothing can release up to 700,000 microplastics in a single wash. I'm not 100% sure where they got that number. A few other places seem to be saying the same thing, so I think there was a study done. If I can find it, I'll link to it. But even if that Oh, number- I actually have the study for that. Oh great, yeah. perfect. We'll link to it. I was going to say, even if that number is, like, not right, the fact that we're releasing microplastics is, and it's horrifying. Like, I had no idea until you mentioned this, like, in conversation a while ago, that you were like, oh, yeah, microplastic, like, catch bag. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, no. Yeah, no, the study that that that's linked to, it was the one where I was talking about how polyester cotton blends are slightly better. So, basically, that study found that polyester cotton blends were the the best um, of a bad group uh, because they released 138,000 and then polyester was just under 500,000 um, and then acrylic was above 700,000. So you have a pretty big range. It also depends. There's this whole debate over because um, it depends on how new your clothing is too. So some clothings, it seems like when they get older, they shed more. For some, they shed less when they're older. So that's like, there's this whole debate over whether you should replace your clothes more often. But I really don't think that's good. because Yeah, fast fashion is its own problem. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you got to build in the environmental and like social ramifications of the production process for that new item. And what are you doing when you dispose of it? Even if you put it in a thrift shop, someone else is going to wash that clothing. Like that's what I was just going to say. Like, you're like, you're like, oh, older clothing like sheds more clothes, and I'm like, all of my clothes are from thrift shops. I am <laughs> making an even worse environmental impact when it comes to laundry by trying to be a good person and buying secondhand. Like, <laughs> I really, I really don't think so, though. I think the solution is to, um, I mean, yeah, maybe try on balance when you're getting clothing to lead more towards like cotton and wool, if you can, but. Otherwise, don't don't worry. Just assume that a lot of your stuff is synthetic and get like a guppy bag. Yeah, and use a core ball too because why not? But <laughs> and a lint lover because I also have in sweet laundry. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I suppose my landlord would not be upset if I added a lint lover, so I probably could. Probably wouldn't even notice. You know, they're not gonna know. Probably wouldn't notice. Yeah. So then I'd be. Even once I, I move away from here, it could be having an environmental impact. Nice. <laughs> you sneakily leave it behind. <laughs> Don't even tell them. <laughs> the radical lover. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess when it comes to, I don't know, the human rights of laundry washing, I don't really, I didn't get into that too much. I don't know if you did. No, I mean, for me, it would probably be, human rights would probably come into play either when you're buying your washer or dryer, which is not a thing that in the foreseeable future, I will ever have to engage with because I'm a renter. (laughs) 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 Or it comes in at the um, detergent stage. And for that, I genuinely don't know. It doesn't seem to be a thing that people have really... My detergent was made by Canadians, so (laughs) probably it's fine. (laughs) Hopefully in a province where there's a $15 minimum wage. (laughs) Yeah, not BC. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I th- so I feel like human rights, yeah, that's a value that we glossed over a little bit in this episode, but sometimes we're constrained by what people are paying attention to, so apologies for that. Um, but I think if we if we want to maybe give people a takeaway before we sign out, um, I think it's two things. Um, one, get, 
a microfiber capture device as soon as you can, um, preferably, I mean, really, you could use all three if you want to. But I think as long as you're using two of the Guppy Bag Cora Ball and Lint Lover, you're doing well. Um, and then the second thing is look at your detergent um, because you can probably find a cruelty-free one pretty easily. And you may even be able to find one that's in sort of a low, lower waste container. I know there are some that are in plastic or in um, paper containers rather than plastic. So those would be my two takeaways, I think. Yeah, I would say so. And if you're washing six loads of laundry a week and you're not washing diapers or like for four children, then, you know, maybe give a give a couple of things an extra wear, you know? Yeah. And don't wash in hot water because why? <laughs> yeah, it turns out you don't need to. It's like, it's not even better for your clothes, so. <laughs> Look at us, we actually have practical solutions this episode, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's unusual for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. That's all we have for this week. Uh, if you want to follow our ethical journey, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Pullback Podcast, or you can at Kristen and I directly, at Kristen Pugh, or at Kyla Hewson if you wanted to yell at one of us uh, specifically. That is welcome. If you guys have anything to add to this laundry episode, please do contact us. We're always interested in learning more. And we'll catch you next time. Bye! If I've been dancing and I've sweated it up, then yeah. But True. Yeah. Depends what kind of evening event. <laughs> if it doesn't stink, then yeah. it goes back on the hanger. <laughs> yeah. How spilly I've been. Yeah.